Welcome back to J. Tom Lawler Rink here on the campus of Merrimack College, where our score at the end of one. Maine leads Merrimack 2 to nothing. I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy, and joining us, it's Alumni Weekend here at Merrimack, and joining me is Matt Adams, uh, 95, a graduate of Merrimack and hockey alum. Uh, Matt, first period, I, I guess not the way that Merrimack would have liked it to end. I thought they did a lot of good things in the first uh, 10 to 15 minutes of that period. They had some good looks on the power play, some big saves by Maine goaltender Matt Moore, some good defensive play too, and then Maine is able to get a goal off the faceoff and another goal off a turnover. And the game's just become capitalizing on your opportunities, and that's uh, pretty much what Maine did. I thought Merrimack carried most of the play for the period, and you know, over a minute and 30 seconds of the period, uh, they popped two goals in, and uh, you know, Merrimack's just got to keep playing the way they are. It seemed like they lost a little bit of steam there after those uh, two goals, but uh, hopefully they'll regroup and uh, I can come back here in the second period. Yeah, and I thought the penalty kill as well, probably a key for Maine. I mean, Merrimack, like, you know, as I said, some, a couple of good looks, the best chance maybe Chris LeBlanc there in the slot, uh, nice feed from out of the corner, but uh, you can tell Matt Morris is playing with a lot of confidence in the net for Maine. He comes out strong on the top of his crease to make that save, and, you know, when a goalie does that, it's not a lot to look at. Was a, a lot of teams can gain momentum from a good penalty kill, and uh, obviously uh, Maine killed off two penalties there. Their goalie stayed, uh, stayed strong, made a couple of good saves for them, and uh, seemed like gave them a little bit of energy after that kill, and uh, hopefully Merrimack can uh, get some of that energy on their side. Well, 95 alum, as you mentioned, so you play, boy, has it really been that long ago, 20 years ago? Wow. It's hard to believe. Uh, I have a seven-year-old son who's up here with me, and uh, it's hard to believe, you know, it's been 20 years. We have our alumni game tomorrow, and uh, yeah, I shake my head thinking I, I came here as a 19-year-old, so I've been out almost as long as uh, I was when I first came here, so it's, uh, it goes by fast. So the alumni game's going to be tomorrow. I assume you're going to play in it. Anybody else that you know is going to play? Uh, actually, I'm not going to play. I, my son's got a game, so unfortunately uh, I'm uh, going to be busy coaching his team, uh, but it's nice to get up here when I can. I've got season tickets, but unfortunately we don't get to get up here uh, as much as I like, but uh, my son loves the team and uh, memorized every player, and he's got a lot of uh, a lot of kids on the team that he loves to watch, so it's, it's good to get him up here, and uh, he's, he enjoys it. There he is. He just came over to say hello. What's his name? Uh, Cole. All right. <laughs> good to see Cole here. He's got the jersey on uh, representing. It's good to see, but uh, you played, as we said, you played uh, back in the 90s, uh, played against some of these main teams. Uh, what do you remember about those games in the rivalry? Well, I remember Paul Correa and that team that won the championship in 92, and uh, I was actually sitting with Andy Hines uh, during the first period, and he was a coach uh, for us then. You know, that was the best team I think ever assembled in college hockey, at least from what I can remember. I mean, Paul Correa had 100 or 103 points in his freshman year, and you know, he was as exciting as anybody I've ever seen play. And, you know, to a certain extent, Jack Eichel is that type of player. Um, the game's changed a lot. I don't think the scoring is as high as it was back when we played, but uh, God, those teams were strong. Um, they've won a national championship, and uh, they may have bent the rules a little bit, in my honest opinion, but uh, they were a very good team and uh, deserved uh, all the accolades they got. One of the things I remembered about that year, you went up there, they beat you 14-1 and 11-2, very one-sided, as we said, and they were clearly a much better team, but by the end of the season, you guys had gotten to the point where they came down here, I think it was a 4-2 game, and they might have had to score the empty netter to make it 4-2, I don't remember, but uh, you, know, you guys had at least progressed to that point where you were going somewhat to speak toe-to-toe -to -toe with them in that final game, and uh, 
had to be a, if ever there was a game where it was you know, what they say a moral victory I have to think that might have been it that yeah I mean I remember going up there and, and, and we took it on the chin those first two games and uh, I remember like that was yesterday I remember coach's speech between the you know before the games and uh, and coming down here and, and we played them tough and uh, you know again there's no more victories in the game but certainly uh, that gave us confidence to say hey we can play with any one of these teams and we had a lot of seniors on that team that uh, certainly led us and um, you know they only lost to one team, I think, that whole season. I don't want to say they were 39 and one, 42 one and two. I think they may have lost to the Canadian Olympic team. That might have been the only team that beat them. Quite honestly, BU, BU is the only team to beat them. Was BU the only one? Okay, well uh, they had a good team. As and well. it was up there too. Yeah, they. Like I said, that was probably the greatest college hockey team that certainly I can remember. And watching Paul Korea, the Ferraros, Jim Montgomery. Um, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, from the goalies out, they had Gar Snow, Mike Dunham. I mean, they they were an impressive team. And, uh, it was fun to play against them and, and to say that you actually shared the ice with some of those guys uh, looking back on it. And, uh, but, yeah, it was a tough tough series up in Maine, that's for sure. Hey, I wanted to ask you, we, we talked before the game with Red Gendron, the head coach of, of Maine, and he, he coached with the New Jersey Devils with when Slava Fatisov was there, the, th- the 30 for 30 on ESPN recently about the Soviet team. Did you get a chance to see that? And if you did, you know, what would you think about it? Uh, I've only seen bits and pieces of it, quite honestly, but uh, you know, growing up uh, and watching those teams as a kid, how they moved the puck and how dominant they were, it was uh, that was a lot of fun to watch. Watch. And uh, yeah, again, the game was played a little differently back then than it is today. You don't see the dominance like that out of anybody. But uh, you know, they were well trained, well schooled, and uh, they were an impressive team. Did, did you feel that way at the time when watching them? Because I remember my, my, my recollection: the whole thing was obviously, you know, they were the bad guys, we were the good guys, you know, and that whole thing, right? But looking back on it now, it seems like you can have more of an appreciation, really, for what they were able to do and how good they were. Yeah, I was a little younger. When, when they were at their uh, at their prime, but uh, certainly I do remember watching them and, and just, you know, nobody really knew anything about Russia, right? I mean, they were a communist country at that point, and they were sort of a mystery, and I think that was part of the mystique that they had. And uh, you know, just watching them move the puck and how they cycled the puck backwards, they'd be breaking in, and then all of a sudden they'd turn around and cycle back and, you know, opening up the play and how they moved the puck. I mean, it seemed like... It was a tic-tac-toe. Every goal was a tic-tac-toe tapping. Five-man units, right? I mean, you don't see that. You didn't, you, nobody else did it then. And I don't think you really see anybody do it now. Why do you think that's the case? I mean, to a certain extent, it makes sense, right? Those five guys, they played together. They ate they, you know, together and everything. You know, they ate, slept, and, you know, whatever they say, hockey. And, you know, would it make sense to have five guys that, that were a unit that went out there every time? You know, the game's changed so much since back then. It'd be hard to say that putting a five-man unit out there now would make sense. Uh, the world has changed, the game has changed, and uh, I'm not sure you can get away with five. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I, I think it's the game's more complicated now. It's tighter checking. The guys are bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. Uh, you've got to match up with guys uh, in teams. Uh, so I think it would be pretty hard to go five on five. All right.
right, Matt. Thanks a lot for joining us. We appreciate it. Good luck to your son's team tomorrow, and uh, and and then uh, you know stay safe with the blizzard and, and and everything. Well, it's always a pleasure to come back here, and uh, hopefully, Merrick Matt can get uh, get a win out of this tonight. All right, thanks a lot, Matt. It's been Matt Adams, uh, class of 1995, has been our guest here in the first intermission with the score. Main two, Merrimack nothing. John and I are back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hawk.